I am Manoj Krishna, your host today, and welcome to this podcast from the Human Wisdom Project. Today, I'm joined by an old friend, Dr. Tim Merrick from the United States, and we're going to be exploring the subject of compassion. Um, Tim, welcome. Thank you so much for having me again. Uh, I get so much from our relationship simply because you have the space to be with me and ask questions and allow me to ask questions and how that opens uh that opens my mind to so much more possibility so thank you for having me the way i see our relationship is that we are both just ordinary human beings like every other human being who might be listening to us talking and we're just exploring being human Yes, it's, um, it can be messy. We are imperfect. We are perfectly imperfect. But exploring and asking questions opens the door to wisdom, to illumination, and allows us to be, uh, to be different to who we are. You know, the quantum physicists say that the thing being observed changes as a result of the observation. And that's equally true to our thoughts and feelings, do you think? I do think. I, it, there seems to be, especially a, a, in the Western world, this idea that uh, if we see something that we do not like or think is wrong, then we must do something. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, the, that's very basic. And I think what you're saying is if we simply notice if we are willing to just be with it as it is, allow it space, shine a light, it changes. Understand it changes. And that's one of the themes we're going to be exploring. But let's begin with the first question, which is, what is compassion? Uh, we've, we've talked about this before. And I think that when, when you hear the word compassion, and if I looked at you, I didn't see you doing anything. Hmm. So back to that concept of do we need to do or do we need to be? And in, in this concept of compassion, I see being. Yes. You are being in the state. You are experiencing. I'd say it includes words like caring, like kindness, love, uh, empathy. So to me, the word compassion is all-encompassing. It kind of covers all of these um, but primarily, it's a sense of caring. Now, you could say it's caring also about yourself and looking after yourself. But in this conversation, perhaps let's focus on compassion for the world around us, perhaps, because we can come back to self-compassion in a different podcast. So let's think of some examples, Tim, of being compassionate. If compassion is a state of being where I, as you say, I I have care, I I think empathy has to fit in here because Mm -hmm. in order to care, one must have a level of appreciation, understanding, sympathy of Mm -hmm. I understand you, I feel you, Mm -hmm. and that allows me to care for, for what it is that you may be in. It's hard to be that if I'm so wrapped up in my own, Yes, it's an extreme word, but it might be suffering in my own self. 
Yes, so I'm primarily, the way my mind works is, firstly, I'm primarily occupied with myself and my suffering, but we'll come to that. But also my mind is reactive. So if you're telling me something and I disagree with you, I'm immediately going to start talking and then disagreeing and you know we'll end up in an argument. But perhaps living with compassion is, even if you're expressing a prejudice, which I disagree with, or an opinion, you, for you it's an opinion, for me it's a prejudice, <laughs> yes. you know, uh, how it goes, right? Rather than start countering it straight away, I could look to see what's behind that. And quite often it, I'll realize it's your unconscious conditioning or your fear of something. And I connect with you on that level or perhaps ask a question. Hey, how did you come to that particular point of view? What was behind that? So you feel listened to, understood. There is then an establishment of a sense of connection between us, despite our superficial differences, right? Well, you're speaking my language um, because as a coach, um, it is absolutely essential that when I'm working with a client, that I stay on the same side of the fence. If I create an oppositional uh, relationship, mm. not only do we lose connection and lose trust, but opposition tends to reinforce, if you say prejudice or opinions, however it is you say it, it will reinforce them. It is the opposite of questioning. Now, that's a beautiful thing you've just said. And very few of us actually live that way because that requires real wisdom to realize that if someone's expressing an opinion you disagree with, if you overtly disagree with them, it's just going to reinforce that opinion. <laughs> it's going to have the opposite effect. Isn't that interesting that in a sense, in it's, <laughs> it doesn't happen in real life because the self seems so important. Yes. And that gets back to how we are um, knitted into our self-interest yes. and how that can interfere with this ability to be with someone else. Yes. So listening without judgment may be one example of compassion in action. Absolutely. And I think what we're hitting on is that compassion is not that the self doesn't matter, but that the self is already cared for, taken care of, I have filled my own bucket, I'm good, and I'm safe. And now I have the luxury of saying, I'm completely with you. Oh, really? How is it you feel that way? Oh, how did you get here? That's interesting. Yes. Yeah, right? So to live with compassion requires tremendous self-understanding, which is wisdom. Right? Fair, yeah. And we were exploring earlier that Compassion is a state of being rather than based on the object. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to say, I love you because you fulfill all my emotional needs. But then I turn around to the hundred other people I know and say, I don't love you because, you know, but that's not compassion. Correct. Yeah. So compassion is a state of being where this goodness, caring, kindness flows out of you, irrespective of 
the object in front. It's not an idealized state, by the way. We're not talking utopia. It's, it's eminently possible in the world to live in the world like that. And sometimes it's not a, a constant state, right? It's not, it's not like we, uh, I used to think that enlightenment was a place that you got to. And now I see it as like momentary glimpses. Yes. <laughs> you know, we get there and we lose it. Yeah, it's a moment to moment because living with yes. wisdom is, a, is in the moment. <laughs> yes. It's not like a permanent state, right? Okay, how do you think we could, how does self-understanding or wisdom help us to be more compassionate? We were exploring three different ways before we started this podcast. So we just said a moment ago to, to keep the continuity of our conversation that when we can feel uh, a level of completion with ourselves, Yes. When we have the food, when we have someone who loves us, when we are being respected and cared for, when we ensure uh, that we have our needs met, yes, it's a whole lot easier to to find this sense of being, right, of compassion. I know that it's not necessary. That is to say, there have been countless cases where someone may be on death row, and yet. They have found compassion. Yes. So I, I know it's not necessary. I just, uh, so maybe I want to withdraw my last statement. I, I certainly think it's easier to come by when my needs are met. Correct. So we could say that when I feel a lack within me, if I'm not at peace with myself, it's not possible or much harder for me to be compassionate towards others, if I'm suffering in some way. Mm -hmm. See, so that's one thing that gets in the way of compassion. The second thing is my strong sense of separateness. <laughs> I am separate from you, you're separate, you know, and so on. So, and if I'm separate from you, then I need to establish my own identity. I need to reinforce it compared to you. There's my self-interest is operating. It's really powerful. All of those things, right? Absolutely. If I'm a separate self, I, my, I'm, I'm responsible to get my own needs met, and you actually may be a, a competing person. Yes. <laughs> I need, I need to, I need to look out for number one. Um, and it is, it is difficult to um, have empathy when all the focus is on myself. Um, so we talked before about loosening this self-identity. Mm. When we have, um, like I've noticed certainly through, through meditation and I've um, found it when using brain biofeedback, where you begin to have an understanding of yourself as yourself you begin to see yourself from outside yourself. If I'm, if I'm having an experience where I'm noticing Tim, mm. who's the me that's noticing? Mm. Who, who am I? Mm. Yes. Mm. There's, there's a, there's a larger construct. There is, there is something beyond Tim that I am. Yes. So something starts shifting when you can do that. When, because you see, when you have, when you're established in your identity, then you're also attached to all your opinions and your beliefs 
and how things should be in the world and so on. And this will compete and your own needs. And this will compete obviously with the other person. And so of course there can be no coming together, no compassion because each person is competing then <laughs> to establish their authority, their ego, their opinions over you and so on. So we necessarily need a loosening of that for compassion. Um, but also we need to find fresh ways of addressing our own suffering. Because if we're suffering, we can't, there's no space for compassion really. Well, that gets into a physiologic uh, consideration that you know, once we go into a sympathetic fight or flight, we shut down executive function, we shut down a broader sense of our being, and we become more animalistic, uh, literally. Yes. So to, to, you know, to, to, to open up that sense of self, especially to open up that meta sense of self, hmm. there needs to be a quieting and a calming of the sympathetic nervous system. We need to feel safe. And then, you know, you talk about how, you know, so much of our world is in a me, me, me state. It's also so much of the world is in a, a, a threatened, triggered, uh, sympathetic nervous system state. That's just so the way the human mind is wired, isn't it, Tim? So by shining a light into that space, which comes through self-understanding wisdom, which is what we're trying to do with the Human Wisdom Project and the app, because in all those three areas, self-understanding, for example, could allow us to help to address suffering in a completely different way. Or it could help us realize our attachment to our various identities has been unconscious from our conditioning and so on. And as our understanding of ourselves deepens, we realize the other person is the same as me. Yes, that's, I think, where that meta self can start to see uh, we are. It's a, it's a we and not a me. You know, before we talked about being on the same side of the fence, mm. um, there's a way that we can even be on the same side of the fence with ourselves. Mm. And I think what I mean by that is, is when we are in a state of suffering, we're pushing against, we're pushing, we are, we are in an oppositional um, state of being and to just be with, I mean, this is, it seems like such a simple set of words, but can we be with who we are, where we are, what's going on? If we can lean in and be with, which is to say to get on the same side of the fence with our suffering, even with who we are, yes. with the state of the world. Yes. And being with is that joining with, being curious now. And that's the light, perhaps, that we can shine on this thing. Yes. That it takes the sting. Out so of rather it. than try and end our suffering, or we say, let's explore it. Let's be with it, as you said. Let's understand what's at the heart of it. And Absolutely. the more we understand ourselves, the more I see that you are the same as me. You also operate from your self-interest, from your unconscious fears, from your unconscious conditioning. and Just like me. Just like me, see. Yeah. So the more I see that you are like me, the more compassion I can have. And all of these things come 
from living with wisdom, which comes from a deeper self-understanding, not according to some book or somebody else, but actually mm. looking and learning about ourselves. But you said earlier that we need to do that without judgment. It's not easy sometimes. Mm -hmm. We're constantly judging ourselves, aren't we? Good, bad, and so on. Yeah, well, there was a, there's always a reference point that we're measuring against. Mm. I'm better than, I'm less than, I'm richer than, I'm better looking. I'm So there's always a reference point. If, if you're in comparison, there's a reference point. And that allows the judgment. Yes. Right? Because you can see that, that judgment cannot occur without measurement, without comparison. Yes. Yes. So if you can accept, as you said earlier, be with who you are, as you are. And that may require compassion too, because it requires acceptance, saying, I'm okay. I'm also human, just like everyone else. This is not unique to me. It's every human being feels the same thing. But in the end, we think being kind or loving is something that's good for other people. But ultimately, it's really a joy for ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, I think that sometimes we begin the path to compassion because we think it will make us a better person, a holier person, a more worthy person. Mm. But that's still within the comparisons, isn't it? Mm. And yet, however it is that we can open that door, because once we open that door to compassion, those reference points start to soften. Mm. They become less important because we understand, because we care, because we notice we're, we're the same. Mm. And we all have these reference points. We can, there's a softening. And I think to realize that our own lives will improve immeasurably if we lived with compassion. So for example, if I don't, let's try the opposite. If I don't live with compassion, I'm focused on my own suffering, on my own opinions and beliefs. And I'm looking for validation from the outside always to make me feel good on the inside, all of those things. Well, I'm, even if we have someone who doesn't appear to suffer that way, who's, who's quite happy with their own thoughts, their own beliefs and judgments, it still creates a separation. Yes. And I, I see so much desire for belonging in the world. Hmm. Yes. What does it mean to belong? What is, what is community? What is, you know, I've had for the longest time, I, I want more friends. I want more, I want some best friends. What am I really looking? I want to connect. I want to join. Hmm. I don't want to feel apart. Alone. alone. So living with compassion, we lose our sense of separateness. Yes. So it answers exactly what you said. I don't feel as alone in the world. But also my relationships improve mm -hmm. because I'm kinder, softer, more understanding, a better listener, more caring, and all of that. The accepting. opposite is yeah. accepting. The opposite is, I, yeah, people around, my relationships suffer, and that actually increases my own suffering. <laughs> you see what I mean? Indeed. And it's a vicious Indeed. cycle then because I've become even more focused on my own suffering. So just... Shining a light into all this could perhaps break the pattern. Which brings me to my next question. So say I'm an ordinary person and I'm convinced now that, yeah, living with compassion is a really good thing for me and the world. You know, there's so little compassion in the world. How do, how do I begin? 
I'd like to posit this. I don't have proof. I don't know. But let's just imagine for a moment that compassion is a natural state that as a soul on earth, as a human being without all of our patterning and conditioning and experiences overlaid on top, Hmm. that being okay with oneself and being okay with others might actually be a natural state without all the other, Hmm. without all the other stuff. And so I, I want to explore the idea that it's not so much that we find and make and create compassion, Hmm. but rather that we allow that we, that we loosen some of the other uh, obstacles to allow it to shine through. So I suppose what you're saying, perhaps in other words, is trying to be more loving <laughs> or more kind is got its place in the world, but it's limited because all those other obstacles are going to get in the way. And it'll, you can only be more kind if, or loving if you're, when you're trying. <laughs> And when you stop trying, then you go back to the old state. But another way could be to shine a light inwards and explore what are the things that get in the way of compassion? So Mm -hmm. approach it in that way. And then, of course, all the things we've talked about, you know, the first thing you notice is the mind is thinking about itself all the time. (laughs) And has its opinions and it has its judgments and has its positionality happens automatically and unconsciously without your awareness or your permission. (laughs) Yes. And we even have it in our society that a healthy mental state, a healthy ego, right, uh, is, is one that accepts itself and recognizes itself and embraces itself. And, and, and and it's not that that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. And yet, if we're not careful, then we reinforce the separateness of ego. I am just, you know, I'm, I feel good about Tim. Tim is a good person, but then it opens the door to maybe Tim's a better person than someone else. So as we begin this journey inwards and we start exploring how our mind functions, we shine a light, which is what we're trying to do with this human wisdom project. And we begin gently with a sense of kindness to ourselves. Mm. Going to, in a journey of learning so we learn that our mind thinks about itself all the time or that we're deeply conditioned by our past and we're attached to it or that our mind compares with others or we have all these emotional needs that we want others to meet and so on so the journey continues and then you start exploring the nature of the self and you realize it's just a construct of thinking <laughs> though it's not apparent. And gradually, as a byproduct of this exploration, your sense of separateness eases and compassion then comes into being, if you know what I mean. I do. And I, I'm with you. I agree with you. But there's some big steps in there. Yes. Uh, the, you know, and that, that you said, you know, by inquiring, we start to recognize that the mind is uh, basically a construct. The sense of self is just a construct. That's a big one. Uh, the whole Matrix movie, <laughs> it's all about, you know, hey, this is just a construct, right? That's a big step for us. How do we, 
how do we offer assistance to that to that step? I'd just say begin. The simplest thing you can do is to take the first step and just start looking and learning about yourself. It's a journey. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, so there's a willingness there that yes. we need a willingness for a perhaps a, a long journey. Perhaps it's, it's it's willing to say I'm stepping out the door. I don't know what I'll find. Yes, I'm open. I, I'm interested in knowing what shows up. I'm curious. I'll try to. I'm curious. I'll try to take it in without. Yes, I'm open know. to learning. My mind is open to learning. You've given up a lot of positionality already yes. <laughs> by, by saying that. Yeah. Just by looking and learning and realizing that all the discoveries you're going to make about yourself are universal to all of humanity. Another big step is that we are all in this together. Yes. And that we are all so, so, so similar. Yes. We have varied colors and varied textures, but we are the same cloth. So the first step could be to, to live with compassion is to realize how little compassion we actually live with. Mm-hmm. There's an awareness there. There's a, without judgment. Then I say, why is that? I'm curious. Why do I not live with what's going on? What's got, what gets in the way of that? Yes. And then that opens the door to inquiry, to learning about yourself and to wisdom. I'm noticing that you're asking some very seemingly simple questions. But I think these questions are to just say to someone, go ask yourself, just go be curious. Uh, It's almost like sitting down to meditate without a mantra. You know, your little seed crystal of what is in the way of my compassion, right? That's, That's a seed crystal that then, if you allow, can blossom main thing is to share with people that this is an amazingly beautiful journey. Mm. And the discoveries are not just at the end of the long road, but on every step of the way. This wisdom is to be found. Every step you take of learning brings a nugget of joy and something drops away, suffering drops away. I wonder if there aren't some, just like in, in different types of mathematics, we have we we start with we start with some laws that we assume work. Mm. For me, in order to, if I am in a state of suffering and experiencing suffering, there might be the law that says even though I don't feel it, I'm okay. And if I can allow that sort of truism to exist, I think that we could allow some of these you know, concepts that I'm okay. I can allow myself to be with my suffering. I can allow myself to choose at least in small moments, not to be, I can, you know, what, 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 because sometimes we get so locked in. How do we unlock that? Well, the human mind responds to suffering by in two ways. Firstly, it blames something out there for its suffering. And secondly, it wants to escape from it. And that's key. That's key. So we're saying the answer, of course, we'll explore this more fully in a separate podcast, but maybe give a taste of it here, is to do the opposite, which is 
firstly, to take ownership of our own suffering, which is not to say someone is not to blame. We're not talking about who's right and wrong and who's to blame. We're just moving away from that whole field to a different field where we're just curious. Okay, I'm suffering and then not to escape from it, to be curious. What's behind it? To be with, as you said, right? To be with. Be with and then to be curious. What's behind my suffering? Why do I suffer? And of course, that question is the same for all human beings. Why do human beings suffer? You may ask the question, but you're asking it on behalf of all of humanity. Why do we suffer? As you ask the question and unlock that learning, then all compassion, goodness, caring, all of that comes from that. Before we spoke about uh, my brother's medical advice to me, and it was in essence, can you do nothing? Can you be with what is? And it's, it's not an automatic option. We don't think of this. I must do something is the response that we have to our suffering. I must do something. Mm-hmm. And if we can slow it down enough to say, can I just be here, be with it, be with the world as it is. I, I have a, a client who's had a terrible bit of grief how can we be with something that seems so horrible? I think the answer lies in breathing and being. Mm-hmm. And here's the real beauty of it. The thing that you be with transforms. So if you can completely be with your suffering, yes. it transforms to peace. When we stop pushing against it, which strengthens it, right? We yes. said before, the oppositional stature reinforces when we stop pushing against our suffering and just allow it physiologically we know that the the neurochemicals and the and the processes of a fear response last a brief moment 90 seconds and the the chemistry has been neutralized but our story the way we believe the way we think about uh, that that i'm afraid of this thing that story lives on if we are able to just be with, okay, my heart is racing, I understand. Can I just be with this feeling? It dissolves. Yes. It, you know, it's the light that you, and, in the, and I think there's a corollary in the mind where if we are w- willing to look at something and just it, ask questions, yes. it transforms. So the key is the three steps to inquiry, which is first to observe. Mm-hmm. Then... So, for example, here, I don't live with compassion. That's my observation. The second step is hard, which is to accept and take ownership. No no judgment. It's not bad or good, but yeah, I see that. A third step is curiosity, questioning. Why? Why do I not? And it's that that opens the door to this journey that all of us need, need to take to discover the beauty of compassion in our own lives. And it can be completely life-changing. Yeah, thank you for breaking it down that simply. Mm. Notice, be with or accept, and be curious. Question, yes. Yeah. All right, well, on that note, Tim, maybe we should stop this uh, discussion (laughs) because we could go on. So thank you very much for joining me on this podcast from the Human Wisdom Project. If you want to 
explore all the issues we've discussed, please visit humanwisdom.me. Thank you for listening.